This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. everybody and welcome to episode 151 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and I'm back and Gaz is with me. How are you doing mate? You well? Welcome back Ben. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Don't go anywhere again. <laughs> you know what? That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me in public and it's great. I know. I mean I'll back <laughs> it up now with a, with a disclaimer that it's because editing a podcast for somebody with limited technical experience is awful. I now know how you feel trying to talk about Lincoln City every week with limited technical experience. It's and just that's like... the end of this week's Stacey West podcast. <laughs> it was like drowning. Last week, I was sat up until it was gone 11 o'clock. All I wanted to do was put the, the theme tune in and cut out every time that Jake said something sweary. Um, in the end, I, I just had to pick certain words to cut out because uh, he's... <laughs> Foul-mouthed, foul-mouthed young man. And did you know he gets free haircuts on the back of the Stacey West podcast? What? Yeah, there is a barber, apparently, who he goes to on the high street, and he walked into the barber's. As he walked in, the barber said, you're Jake from the Stacey West podcast, and he was, he had one of Jake's videos on. He goes, you won't pay for your haircut. And I, I can't mean, remember I... the barber, otherwise I'd give him one. Uh, yeah, I mean, give him a plug. Yeah, we should do, but we don't know who it is. So, mind you, then again, I've seen Jake's hair. Um, <laughs> you know what? I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> he, he occasionally looks like he's got one of those huge, great big raster socks uh, and he's then taking it off his head and it's just all suddenly pouring out. You know when you're boiling pasta, right, and not on like the full ring and it all boils over and it comes pouring out the pan if you've got the lid on? Jake's hair looks a little bit like what comes out the pasta pan <laughs> at times. <laughs> Oh dear, we love Jake. He's yeah, do you know what? He's 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 a good um, third wheel, and we should get him involved more often uh, because it's only fair rather than just calling him when we need him. We're like bad friends, aren't we? You're like, oh, we need something. Let's call Jake, and then when things are going well, sod Jake. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been. Uh... Oh dear, yeah. Um, we will get, we, you know, we will get Jake on, and I believe there was a question from. Um, Somebody that may have a vested interest, shall we say. Um, his tongue. Um, I believe it might be. Well, Jake's mum has been on. Not Jake's mum. 
Um, I believe it could be uh, somebody that is potentially Jake's uh, Jake's lady friend. Jake's got a lady friend. I believe so. Oh, I'm guessing so. Anyway, I'm not. You know, I'm not. I'm, I'm just guessing. Okay. But but it was. You know, the, the, I think the question was, why don't you try a three way pod with Jake too? And I'm glad that she put the word pod in there. Um, but also, yes. uh, when I checked, uh, the only person that was following her that I also follow was Jake. So I'm just putting two and two together. Might be getting seven. I don't know. Yeah, she could be because uh, Jake obviously has quite wide reaching contacts within the football world. So it could be. I'll have a look while um, I'll let you talk a little bit about whatever it is you talk about. And I'll have a look on Twitter and see. <laughs> see if I oh, think, I've missed this. I've missed see if he's punching. So see if he's yeah. punching. That's the question, isn't it? And also a big shout out to uh, my boss, Ash, who uh, for the last three or four days has been bombarding me with Cornell related material. <laughs> honestly uh, he, he prefers cornell's podcast to ours uh, and that worries me because this man is also in charge of me uh, on a day-to-day basis uh, but <laughs> you know so a big shout out to ash there uh, and ash if you're listening you're not hearing uh there we go that's an in joke we don't okay. do that very often that's an in joke he'll probably sit there now going gary's an arsehole let's fire him um <laughs> Cool. Well, you know, if anybody has a job for Gary um, that he will need after that, then uh, we'll sure that will be. <laughs> Ash is brilliant. So, yeah, thank you for all your support, Ash. Seriously, don't sack me. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Anything that's followed up with don't sack me usually means that you've said something a bit off. Yeah. So, um, so no, I mean, let's, um, let's start um, with, you know, the obvious conversation. Um, there's no game this weekend. And it is unlikely, um, in my opinion, that we're going to see anything before the new year. Um, I mean, where, you know, where does where do we go from here, guys? Where does football kind of go, and what what are your thoughts on everything at the minute? Because it's it's a bit of a mess again, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Jake's girlfriend is apparently an MMA lover. Okay. Uh, so there we go. Um, yeah, it is a bit of a mess. Yeah, you know, people kind of. I I done um, Chris, my friend Chris. We've had him on the pod, I think, before over the other no, last night. My mate Dave and sort of said, "Oh, I can't wait for Boxing Day." I I, I want to hold your breath for that. Mm. I think you just said off air, MK Dons have cancelled their game this weekend. If that's the case, and there's positive tests, it, they ain't gonna get to play next weekend because uh, mm. it's ten days. So I, I don't want to put the fear of God in people, and I don't want the club to listen to this and hear us saying we think the game will be off when it's not off. And people make other plans, yeah. But there's a general fear, isn't there, at the moment for football? Um, yeah. Will we be back in stadiums at all? I do. I I have. A, I don't think that it'll be empty stadiums like last time, mm. because I don't think Omicron is as deadly, from what I understand. It will be widespread. It'll make people ill. It'll put pressure on the NHS. But I think that the government are going to have to desperately, desperately try not to lock people down. Um, yeah. Reduced capacity, potentially. You know, for FA Cup games, we've been pulling 5,000 anyway, 5,500. I think there is an outside potential for just season ticket holders to go in. But again, it's you know, it's, it's all speculation because to all intents and purposes, we're, we're stood on the precipice again, aren't we? Like we were last March. It's almost like we were having a conversation after the Burton game yeah. um, in, in 2020. I don't think that there will be a return. I don't think that there will be the same devastation uh, to the football calendar as there was back then. But I do think that from now till the end of the season, you, you should expect some disruption. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... You know, there's talk at the moment of, of you know, a two-week 
breaking or circuit break or whatever they're calling it, you know, and whether that does come to pass or not, I don't know. We're not here to talk politics. We're not here to say what we think about the situation on that side of it. Um, but, you know, the, the, the fact is that it's looking like we will have a an interrupted schedule at the, you know, at the best of it. Um, it's not the worst thing for us, though, is it? Lincoln City, you've got Tom Hopper out injured, no idea when we're back. Scully just coming back to full fitness. If we have a two-week break, it could be that the next time Lincoln City takes to the field, we've, we've signed a player or two. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, you, you, I, when I say I look at the positives, I, I, I'm looking at it from a, a purely footballing point of view. Remember, this summer we don't have a major international tournament uh, that means that we've got to curtail the season at a certain point. Yeah. No, that's a fair point. So there is the, always the scope. Now, for me, it is a little bit, um, you know, it's a little bit like a vicious circle because I think a lot of the injuries that players, not just with us, but you look at Gillingham and Doncaster, a lot of teams had an awful lot of injuries this season. And I do think it's to a short, from a shortened pre-season. I do think it's from um, a compacted season last season. My hope is that these games that we're losing, we don't then have to start seeing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday again. Because let's be honest, Saturday, Tuesday from from Christmas onwards probably was a contributing factor in us not winning League One last season. Um, because it was a you know, Liam Bridcut cannot play 180 minutes a week. He might think he can because he's a machine, uh, but you know it shows that his body's. I say his body's not up to it. I'm not just saying that he's weak, but you know for a footballer at that point of his career who has had injuries. You would yeah. play Liam Bridcut 90 minutes a week. Tom Hopper was playing 180 minutes a week. I think he's suffered from that now. Um, mm. I mean, I've, I've had some you know, discussions away from the club with people about his injury. And, you know, there's there's bafflement from, from some of the experts because they've never seen this injury before. It's not something that it's kind of it doesn't come up regularly. We're not talking about um, something that that he's had. He hasn't aggravated something that he'd already. You know, it, it, it's an odd thing. I'm not going to go into too much detail. That would that would kind of disrespect Tom's privacy, of course. But it's it's not a usual injury. And I think when things start being unusual, you look for the factors that have contributed to that. And, and that kind of that tight season did. Had we not lost George Grant at the end of the Plymouth game, who again mm. had been playing 108 minutes a week. It's ifs and buts, but I sincerely hope that we don't ask our footballers um, to once again put their careers on the line uh, it, to try and get finished by the end of May. If it season runs into June, it runs into June. And if there's contractual issues with that, then I hope that the PFA and the FA and people like that can come round it. But speculation is that who knows, we might get to New Year's Day and then we'll go, right, everyone's back in football and you've got two games to squeeze in. We don't yeah. have cup games to squeeze in because I think we went out of both cups to League Two clubs. Um in fact, we went out of a cup. We went out of a third cup to a club that I think will be League Two next year in Shrewsbury. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's just it's uncertain, Ben, isn't it? That's the problem. Yeah, and I, you know, I think the the thing that um, the thing that I I said this week was, you know, it's not a it, it's kind of a calculated risk if people want to go to football matches, and obviously, you know, it's a it's something that you can't, ha- you know, you can't control if players test positive. You can't control if members of the play, you know, members of the backroom staff test positive and you can't, you know, the, the game is called off because of that. Um, what I was, you know, I was, I was having a discussion with Rach and before the game was, uh, before the game was called off, you know, we, we said, well, you know, are we going to go on Saturday? And we think, well, yeah, because we know that we're going to, you know, we test ourselves before we go out. 
you know, if we go into a public place, we make sure that we're, we we test negative. We we've had the protection that we can do. You know, we've had we've had all three uh, jabs now. We've both you know both had our booster shots, and we know that the people that we see and speak to at the games, by and large, are sensible. You know, and they will they will understand it if you know we're not going to jump up and give them a hug or whatever. You know, we, we, we'll when we're out in the fan zone, you know, we'll we'll sort of stand with a distance between people you know but we can still have that conversation then when we go into the ground like i think the big thing is that a lot of football grounds you know is still kind of open air so you, you're getting a lot of fresh air and you're not immediately breathing into a confined space with everybody you know we won't go down to the we won't go down and get a, a drink you know we'll try not to have a piss during the game we'll, we'll save it till we get home you know it's that kind of stuff um so that calculated risk is is kind of put on us and we understand that but it's yeah. when games are called off you know through no fault of our own or you know no decision of our own it, it gets a little bit frustrating and um what i would say is i'd rather have games called off because the opposition have had an outbreak of covid rather yes. than us having it and and that's not yeah. a kind of you know i'm pleased you've got it and we haven't i don't want anybody any clubs to suffer from it but at the moment we're going into what could be you know it, it's a two-week break as it is with mk dons a potential three-week break who knows with rotherham as well but actually, our players are at the moment touch wood, COVID free. Now, I don't think, yeah, yeah, I think with the way that this variant is spreading, I'm not a, I'm not a tank, boss, walk, jam, fly, Chris Whitty or whatever they call him. Um, I'm not him, but you know, it does seem that almost everybody will know somebody who's going to have had it at some point in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, but it's yeah, just absolutely. nice that yeah. We don't know where we're going with it. We're giving it a lot of airtime, but at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're listening to Gary and Ben talk about something that they don't really have any knowledge of, um, no. which is you've done it for 150 episodes. So, um, <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? I mean, like, touching on your point now, you say, you know, I'm not going to go to the toilet when I go to the game. I'm not going to buy a drink. So I've been since August and that's nothing to do with COVID. That's just because I don't like crowds and people. Yeah. Um, so it is what it is. Again, until somebody tells me I'm not allowed to go to Sinsel Bank, I'll go. Yes. I have that, to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask. Kind of, yeah, that, that's that's where I'm at. You know, yeah. if there are things put in place, like, you know, I will, you know, if 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 I either if either if I feel like I need to or if the instruction is there, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll cover my face for, for the game. Not a problem. Um, and Rachel might probably prefer that, actually. If... <sighs> you missed me last week, didn't you? Yeah, I didn't really know what I could say to Jake. I mean, it's, it's all right having a go at his hair behind his back, but when he's on the, the pod, he might say some of my back. Yeah, that's fair. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm not used to having somebody witty opposite me who can bounce back quickly. So, a bit unusual. Should we move Fuck on? Fuck you. Fuck you, Gary. Do you know what? Um, I wanna, can I talk about one thing before we move on to what we've actually got planned? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Mr. Longdon. Yes. Obviously, Remy has gone to York until the end of January. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I'm going to do my uh, Ben and Harry Toffolo thing because I actually messaged Remy yesterday morning um, because I uh, not in a in, in a purely platonic way, but I really like Remy. I, he's he's just such a lovely, lovely guy. And I know I say that about a lot of players. But I'll say genuinely, you know, Lincoln have had a lot of good characters through the door over the last four, five, six years. Um, and, and ones that stand out for me, you know, Nathan Arnold, hugely, you know, massively, massively stands out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Harry Anderson, another. But Remy is is right, right up there. Uh, and, and he's really excited about his move to York. I think 
I think he's one level below where he can be a big success. Mm-hmm. I think if he went to League Two, you know, I, I don't see a, a permanent place in a top League Two squad for him at the moment. But what Remy needs is games and confidence. Mm-hmm. So he's he's going to what what is the biggest club at that level, isn't it? There's nobody bigger than York City at that level. York City are a you know a traditional League One, League Two club, and here they are playing against the likes of Boston United and you know um, rugby or whatever, dog and duck and. Yeah, it's a tough league, but I'm delighted for him. I hope he goes there. I hope he smashes it, and I hope a national league or a league two club look at him and go, he's well worth the two year deal next season because because the boy deserves it massively. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It's um, it it's a difficult one because, like you say, at the minute, um, I, I did see that somebody was you know saying, oh well, we've let an attacker go when we're short on attackers, but let's be honest I, I don't think at this point Remy would be getting into into the you know the first 11 um, so it, it you know hopefully yeah, he can go on and just like you say absolutely smash it and, uh, and do good things you know what's a massive surprise to me I looked at when he got his most regular football for Lincoln and he started games last Christmas you know when we beat Northampton 4-1 Burton 5-1 um, he started the game against Peterborough I think when we drew we might have come on against Peterborough um, so he was starting games around what was probably the high point because we came out of Christmas last year, you know, top of the table and it, it, everything kind of went wrong after that, didn't it? When, when mm. players started getting injured. So he's proven that actually he can have input at the top end of League One. I just I just think over the last six months, he's probably when when he's not got the level of players around him. And I don't want that. You know, he's a player that will be, he, he will play to the level I think they're around him. So if people are kind of creating space and he's able to make the runs and that sort of thing, then brilliant. When he's coming into a side and we're going, right, we want Remy London to change this game. I think as we saw against Burton, that that probably isn't what he can do at League One level. But I think that he's got the ability and the drive to be able to do it lower end of league two um and i think he's got it to, to, to you know i think he could be a very very good national league player and i just he's a nice lad he's worked really really hard to carve himself out a professional career from the disappointment of leaving blackburn and an injury where he couldn't even put his socks on in the morning he thought his career was over as a you know as a, a teenager or in his late teens so mm-hmm. the resilience that he's shown he's he's actually um he is he's actually an inspiration to young people um he certainly should be anyway they should look at him and go even if you make even if you you know make a handful of appearances for lincoln be happy with that because that's massive and i've never seen remy without a smile on his face so best to look without a doubt i don't echo that you know it's 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 absolutely fair so um yeah all the best to remy hope he does uh does great things down at york um and uh we'll see what happens you know going forward um so we obviously, you know, sort of, well, you guys touched on it uh, last week with the, you know, the Cheltenham game. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to have a couple of minutes because it was, um, you know, I went down and it was actually, I enjoyed myself at a football match, Gary. Yeah, great. <laughs> I, know it, I know it's an odd feeling at the minute, but um, yeah, like the, 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 the Cheltenham game was was really enjoyable. Like the first half was, it, it kind of started to feel a little bit like, oh Christ, here we go again. But um, like the 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 reaction in the second half, and I think the big thing was obviously getting that goal. Um, you know, 
Ted's goal from quite a way out was, you know, really, really good goal. And I know there were a few people as soon as that ball got passed out from the back, uh, from the um, from the byline to the edge of the 18-yard box. I think a few people had the same reaction of you, just, oh God, what are you doing? And then they saw Ted run up and hit it, and it was just such a sweet strike that we were celebrating as soon as it left his boot because we saw it was going. Um, but yeah. Really, really enjoyable game uh, in the second half, and the belief came back into the squad. You know, the um, the players started really fighting for everything that was going on, um, and it was just gutting, <laughs> absolutely gutting to have that final, you know, final kick of the ball or final kick of the game go in. Um, but I, I couldn't come away from that feeling down. Couldn't come away from that feeling negative at all. It was, um, it was just a really positive display and. In a way, I'm a little bit gutted that, you know, obviously we'll, we'll come on to, well, we've touched, sorry, on the um, on the potential break that we've got and the ability to get players back. I was really hoping that this weekend was going to be one that we could build the momentum on and uh, go in from that performance last week and, and build on it and just hopefully put Donny to the sword a little bit. But yeah, didn't happen. Um, but what was your take on, on Cheltenham? It's interesting. It's interesting hearing your take. Uh, I think because so interesting that you've obviously just opened a drawer and gone <laughs> rooting through it looking for some stuff. No, 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 I haven't. I'm, I'm bringing up my <laughs> scout because I'd looked at some stats for the Cheltenham game and perception. How often do we talk about perception? Yeah. And you know we're talking about it was a better performance from Lincoln City and all that sort of thing. And and there were elements that that were better, but during the first half. Uh, of the game rxg was 0.06 six shots none on target cheltenham six shots three on target that first half was worse for us than the first half against crew the first half against carlisle the first half against accrington the first half against doncaster the only game where we had less opportunities to score in the first half was against portsmouth and we still had one shot on goal against portsmouth so I, i did say the second half yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make a point here because you said you came away from the game feeling positive at that performance, whereas actually in the first half, the performance was absolutely no different whatsoever. We gave away uh, a stupid goal and and I criticised Conor McGrandles at the time, but actually McGrandles has played a forward pass, which at Central Bank people will be going, get it forward, um, and, and the ball goes forward. Freddie Draper, you know, it's a, it's a harsh ball into him. He's tackled quickly and then the ball comes back and, and, and there's no tackle. It's, it's a terrible goal to concede. Even in this um, kind of much lauded second half that that's lifted everybody's spirits, RxG was 1.45. We scored two goals. So actually we outperformed. Just Cheltenham scored one goal, should have scored three, 2.55 XG. So actually, on the balance of the game, you know, we should have lost it. Is 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 the the truth. Now, I know that there are some things that stats can't pick up. You, you, you said it there. You know, the players look like they were fighting for every ball. So you're saying that they've not looked like that in the past. You said. That, so what we're suggesting is that the only difference really was a mental difference that we got the goal and the players. I think we got the goal. I think fans watching kind of got that. Yes, we're going to do something here. Mm. Um, and and I liken this game very much to. Plymouth Argyle at home where we drew 2-2 and it was a late Lincoln goal that left us feeling like it had been a win and actually again Cheltenham were better in this game than Plymouth were in that game and we were marginally better um perception 
I think yeah. what makes you feel positive is we got a goal and it did feel like popping a champagne cork and suddenly players looked like not that I'm not going to say like they were trying because I think that's very detrimental to yeah that, that's harsh but it, it, it looked it, they looked like they had more of a spirit and you know they had more belief in them belief that's yeah. the word I don't even think it's spirit I think it's belief I think it's confidence mm. um, but there were still two long range efforts that they were the sort of efforts that we've been having for the weeks before and they've just been going over well so, I, I came away from the game and I said um I was uh, we were sat with uh, Jane and Mark, so you know we were yeah. having a we were having a chat with them, and I said, look, I honestly think if you put those two goals into one of the games where people have complained that we've played really badly, or you know the fact that we've lost the game, the conversation immediately turns on those games into, oh, that was a fantastic win. Hundred you know? percent, you're spot on. You couldn't be more right. I'm, uh, I need to somehow frame an audio piece and put okay. it. <laughs> Most sensible thing you've said in 151 episodes. <laughs> you spot, no, it is, you're spot on. You're spot on. For, and, and that's why I talk about perception. Yeah. I don't believe Lincoln City did anything different in that game against Cheltenham than we had done in the games before where people were calling for Michael Appleton's head. Absolutely, yeah. Same, I know that. same processes. We've said it every week. I keep saying Groundhog Day. The processes are there. Yeah. It will come. That performance, I hope, especially with this break, is the start of the second part of the season. Yeah. Because we're still doing the same things, but suddenly you've got confident players. If we get to the first couple of weeks in January, and you know there's a lot of talk of us maybe even bringing a full back in so that Ted Bishop doesn't have to keep playing at right back. Mm. Um, I think then if we stop Bishop playing on the left, for me, I, I, we you, know, you talk about teams all, all day, but Bridcott at the base of the midfield. Mm-hmm. Bishop, potentially McGrandles, but for me, there's a question mark there at the minute. I, I, not so much quite, quite clicking. But you have Bishop. I think McGrandles plays better <laughs> when when he's got Bridcut behind him because he's got he's got a little bit more security and he knows that you know I think he can potentially get forward a little bit more. Um, he had Bridcut at the side of him against Cheltenham, didn't he? And he still gave the ball away for the goal. He still gives the ball away in, in cheap areas. For me, mm. yeah, I, I I just think that. I personally, I think he's a better player when when Bridcut plays with him. I think um, and, Well, yeah, there, there is that. I mean, there was the um, uh, there, there was a point. Which game is it where Brids came back? Crew. Yes. So crew away. You watch. You you watch when um, when Jackson's down. Um, he was down obviously for a little bit, but you you look at Bridcut in that time, and you can see him kind of taking the martial role. You know, he's he's saying right getting everybody together and, and basically putting out a bit of a game plan and saying, look, you need to, this is what you've got to do. And that to me is what a captain does. And he did, he did it fantastically well, but you know, we'll, we'll go back to, let's go back to Shelton and, and wrap up on that one. I think, cause yeah, you're right. It is absolutely perception. And uh, as I said, I, I think had those two goals come in any other game and we'd either gotten a point or gotten three points, you know, the, the conversation would have immediately turned in the way that it did last Saturday. Um, you just want, you just want more recognition. You just repeat no, the don't. same thing I've just said was was great. No, I don't. Basically, no, repeated it word for word. Well done, Ben. Well done, you. Well done, you. I'll make you a sticker that says Ben done good. <laughs> Yay! Um, so yeah, I mean, is there anything else that we we need to we need to touch on on Cheltenham before we move on to questions? It's like I said before the pod when we were planning it, and we didn't plan it. Uh, people might be surprised to hear, um, but 
it's almost like we're teasing you, isn't it? Because we're releasing this at three o'clock when we should actually be at Sinsel Bank following on from that Cheltenham game. And we haven't got, we don't know when we'll play again. And here we are going, it's good, what it? There's loads to take away from it. Can't wait for the next, ah, uh, yeah. So, no, let's move on. Cool. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we did put out a call for questions. Um, uh, well, you did after we, after the game was called off. Um did we get any from Cornell? Because if Ashley's listening, he'll want to have those answered first. Um, I will be brutally honest. And so you'll have to unmute to find out. <laughs> I don't know. Um, let's have a look. So we have, scrolling down, scrolling down. Um... You know what? I don't think we do. Someone just check on him. <laughs> there is there is somebody that's uh, that's either blocked me or has. Oh no, not uh, not blocked me. Um, they are. Yeah, I'm looking at it from a different account, and I don't follow them um, on that account. But yeah, um, yeah, I think uh, we've got a few questions, so let's go through them now. Um, so the first one, bit of a silly question, um, and I think, you know, the answer is no. Sorry, but it's no. It says, do you believe that anyone who's had recent major surgery should be given a VIP match experience for a future home game, including meeting a fellow Mancunian? Up the imps, keep the faith and look forward to seeing you both back at the bank in the new year. And that one is from... Chris. I know who that... No, I know who that's from. It's from Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> I know who that one's from. Roboflora, yeah. The Bionic Mank, I like that. <laughs> the seven million dollar mank, we can rebuild him. But I don't know. <laughs> you imagine we have the technology, but, but we don't want to spend a lot of money. Yeah, genuinely, I think what's gonna happen is when he is back on his feet, and obviously George Oaken aside, wish Chris all the best. He's had Absolutely. like metal bits fitted in him. Um, but he's gonna be one he's gonna like you go to a flooring job and everyone else will go it's four days chaps three days chaps and Chris will walk in and before he's even quoted for it his mechanics will kick in and he'll have it fully floored it'll be like <laughs> something out of a movie do you know like a quick montage like meh, 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 meh. and he'll be walking out and one of his eyes will be glowing red and you'll get that kind of you know that Terminator thing going on where he's it's getting all the digits coming up yeah, yeah, that, his, his thing will be coming up like, but all the prices it'll be collating all the the prices from suppliers like Cork under like three pound fifty nine links flooring. He needs to he needs to rebrand his uh, business to the Floorminator. Yeah, the Floorminator, the yeah. Bionic Mank will come round and <laughs> smash the arse out of your floor. Um, but no, I don't I don't think that would be um, that would be fair, Chris. Um, but I do think he should meet. Uh, Michael Appleton because I think it would be like a uh, it'd be one of those moments wouldn't it where I've never seen them in the same room and they sound the same <laughs> who knows from what oh, Manx, Manx should always definitely meet I always wonder if you put two Mancunians in the same room if they either immediately start singing Oasis songs together or do they they'll walk in and they go like alright ah kid Manchester <laughs> Or just within five minutes, you've got someone slagging off Liverpool. Yeah, you see, I'm happy for Chris to listen to this, but if the gaffer's listening to this, because <laughs> I, I think that he could crush me like a walnut. 
Um, right. So, uh, questions. Do we have football questions, or are they all good fun ones like this? Some of them are good fun ones. There is a bit of a mix, to be fair. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, Jack Satterthwaite asks, where do you lads personally think need strengthening and most position-wise? Not looking for an affirmative answer, but just interested in opinion. To pick, well, I think that, because it's obvious that we could strengthen about six roles, so I think that we pick one area of the pitch each where we have to have to strengthen. Just one one position where we have to have better cover or better players. You happy with that? Yeah, yeah. Because we could just say seven, nine, eleven. We could do with another centre back. We might need another goalkeeper. We could do with right back cover. Do you know what I mean? We could be here all day. Mm. Uh, I would say number nine is is the most obvious one. Um, you know, I think with Tom's obviously coming back at some point, um, and it's it's clear that you know Dan uh, hasn't been the sensation that we'd hoped he would be. Um, so that kind of is your two number nines that we've got. So in my opinion, I think that's the, obviously we've got Freddie Draper who is, I, I didn't leave him out. I didn't leave him out. I was by it's, it's just a, I, I don't like the idea of leaving the entire, um, you know, leaving the entire stress of the season on a 17 year old shoulders. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, that's probably going to be a, um, I think that's probably going to be the, the one spot that is, the hottest one that we try and solve in January. Okay. I I feel a little differently. I mean, I'm not saying we don't need a number nine, um, but I think that the absolute must, if we were to be told we could only sign one player, um, we need a, 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 a winger, a, a, you know, it's the QI Claxon, but we need a Brennan Johnson figure. We need mm. somebody that can play out wide or in the 10 role, somebody that will get on the ball, that will run with it, that will make the right sort of runs, that will tease tackles out of players, um, that, that that win penalties. And you know, it's not going to be Johnson, but Morgan Whitaker's an obvious shout, but we need that sort of player. And and yeah, we've just acknowledged that actually we need a 7, 9 and 11. We need right wing, left wing, centre forward. But actually, Brennan Johnson could play all of those positions. So we, we I'm cheating a little bit, aren't I? Because I'm saying, well, let's get someone to play all the positions <laughs> now I've told you to do one. But rather than an out and out number nine, I think that we need somebody that um, can can switch wings. We used mm. to see that quite a bit with Harry Anderson used to swap wings with whoever was playing on the other wings, Zach Elbazedi or Johnson used to swap over. Um, so yeah, that that kind of creative, um, I can say creative genius, but just players that ask questions because mm. we don't we don't ask questions in the final third uh, as much as we should because when we do, we're actually very good. When we've got the right players, the style of play is actually very, very good. So, yeah, no, hundred percent. You know, we, we saw that on Saturday. Um, you know, bit of confidence now, and I think we can kick on. But I think with the confidence as well as a, a couple of new bodies, I think we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Um, do, 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 do. So, um, so Graham. Uh, well, Bubs asked. Bubs asked. Uh, a question that we've kind of touched on. I said the surge in transmission of Omicron and the current state of games being cancelled may lead to the cancellation of the season or finish behind closed doors. Discuss. Um, and he's, he's also said, by the way, as I'm laid up in bed with COVID, I was going to miss the forum, fans forum tonight in the game on Saturday. Do you think I'm a lucky bugger? Uh, first off, all the best, Bubs. You know, get well. Yeah, soon, 100%. Um, you know, keep well and uh, we'll see you soon. Um, but now I... I yeah, I I can't I, I can't see them curtailing the season. No, um, 
you know they've they've done it before and it led to all sorts of problems um although interestingly enough on points per game we'd be safe if that happened now so um, it's too it's it, you can't it do points per game when teams haven't played half the fixtures yeah no absolutely it's um yeah a difficult one but maybe a few games behind closed doors until things die down a little bit i don't know it's it's, it's a really tricky one but the cancellations are not because of the fear of Omicron spreading at the minute, are they? The cancellations yeah, that's true, players actually, have yeah. got it. So, yeah, again, we're not going to talk politics. I actually think that if the government hadn't had all their parties last year, we'd be locked down now. And I think yeah. that the reason that they haven't locked us down for Christmas is because they're too damn scared with everything coming out. And I think that's why it's come out, because yeah. I think behind the closed doors, if, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but if there were if there was talk of locking people down at Christmas, people who were at those parties are going to say, well, let's leak it. Because let's face it, who's leaked pictures of the parties? There were Tory parties with Tories there. It's not like it's not like a, a Labour MP has gone, I've got a picture of a quiz that we were on with Boris Johnson, have they? It's got, yeah. to, be, it's got to be a Tory that's done it. And But so, yeah, I, I, there's the it's potential... Tory party for Tory people. Yeah, we'll have no trouble here. We didn't burn him. Well, I wish you would. <laughs> I wish you would burn him. Um not saying that you should um, burn the prime minister, but anyway, um, <laughs> <coughs> what I, what I mean is, yeah, I, I think we'd be locked down now. Otherwise, I think that potentially there might be the circuit breaker after Christmas, uh, but there would be a huge backlash if they started playing behind closed doors now. Yeah, and how would that affect some clubs, the likes of Ipswich? Do you know what I mean? Have spent huge sums of money thinking that we were out of this. Be, it'd be interesting. But no, I, I think that we will see football at Central Bank again this season. I think that some supporters will be in the stadium. The experience might look very different, but I think um, it's not. You know, the, the death rates are still very low at the minute. Infection rates are high, death rates are low, so we'll see. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, so uh, Connor asks, how quickly should we expect the January signings to have an impact? Fans will have expectations for immediate impact and results, but is that the reality? Any recent memories for the times that this has happened and failed? Um, it's, it, it's tough because in recent times, we've not been in a position where we've needed January signings to make a massive impact. Mm-hmm. Um, the It would have been interesting to see how the curtailed season went on because actually when we brought in... Connor Coventry, um, Teo, Anthony Scully, uh, in, in in that window, were they having an immediate impact? Probably not. Tyrese John Jules certainly wasn't. So yeah, I, I think, think that's a bit harsh on Tyrese. He only had like one or two games, and then yeah, yeah, that, he got injured. I think, in the, the, I think he played seven actually. Did he? Yeah, yeah, he wow. didn't play one or two. He played a few, and I, I actually thought Tyrese was very poor. He scored on his debut when he was up front with Tyler Walker, and yeah. uh, and then I don't think he he ever really looked like he got to grips with this level. And yeah, he did get injured, uh, but he, he played. I mean, feel free to look it up, but I'm pretty sure he played uh, at least seven games for us. So, okay. but then last year, I think contrary to what other people believe, I think that Regan Paul and Morgan Rogers both had an immediate impact. Um, mm. A lot of people criticised Paul, but he came in at a time where we needed a player and he you know, played a phenomenal amount of games in a short period of time and showed himself to be, you know, a, a key part of the squad. In terms of results, it didn't have the impact because in other areas of the squad, things were coming coming apart. So it's more than just signings coming in, things going well, yay, signing comes in, things going well, signings are rubbish. There's, there's a lot more to it than that. Mm. I think that if you put... 
any player in this squad who is match fit and and of a, a certain quality going forward, I think they have an impact. So my mm. gut feeling is if we bring in, let's say, Morgan Rogers and a number nine in the first week of January. Morgan Rogers. Oh, Morgan Rogers. Morgan Whitaker. Morgan Whitaker. Yeah. Too many Morgans. Um, <laughs> I think that you could see a relatively quick impact, but I thought that Dan Onundlo and Hakiba Delican would have a similar impact, so you can never really tell. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, I'm yeah, kind of in the same boat. You know, I think it it's at the moment it just seems like we need to have that. Um, you just need to have that injection of of quality. Um, to, I, think, well, I thought you were going to say third injection. I thought you were going all Tory on me. <laughs> you just need to have it. You know, you just need to have that that boost at the minute of. No, no, God, I'm using the wrong word. You, you, you jibber. We jab. <laughs> Fucking hell. Carry on. Sorry. I'm fed up of slogans. Really am. Um, but yeah, you know, you just need to have that that jab. kind of that that. Uh, extra body in there that's going to be, or the extra bodies in there that will be, you know, giving that belief. And uh, you can only have eleven. Yeah, right. You can only have eleven. Yeah, but you it, know, it's the, it's, it's the addition of attacking intent. Yes, that's, it's the that's, addition that's... of unpredictability across that front four. It's a player that will go outside, not inside. It's a player that will run into the gap rather than to the ball. And you look at Hakiba Delican gets a lot of stick. And one thing that really winds me up when we're on the attack, he's running level with the last defender, but he's waving play forward. And what he's effectively doing is moving the, the phase of play so far up the pitch that there isn't then space in behind to exploit. Whereas mm. if the player hits the ball and it goes past the fullback, and gives Hakib something to run into, for me, that's the type of player you need. You want the type of player who wants to run into the space, not carry the game into the space, so we have to operate in tight areas. And yeah. I think, you know, Morgan Rogers, Brennan Johnson did that last season. I think I think that's kind of, that's what we, we, we're desperate for. So, you know, yeah. there we go. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, let's have a look. What else have we got here? Um Two questions uh, in like the fans forum being cancelled. One from Chris Conrath says, uh, "Why do we not leave anyone upfield during opposition corners, and why do the players not celebrate? Or why do the players not celebrate goals in front of the Salinity? Um And Sam asks, "Why do the toilets run out of water uh, before kickoff?" Um, I've got answers to some of those. Yeah, I know you have, so I'll let you take it. <laughs> um, so the toilets actually run out of water before kickoff because we still have a single water pipe. Uh, serving the ground, a single Victorian water pipe, and the demand increases at key areas so that the toilets are therefore unable to flush. Uh, and what then happens, because they're unable to flush but people still need to go to the toilet, the toilets then become blocked up as well, uh, leaving you know, quite revolting conditions, certainly in female toilets, not that I go into them, um, but obviously female toilets are the ones where you can't just stand at a trough, lap it out, and, and five minutes later be gone. Um, so that's where there's... You know what I mean? Like... like <laughs> I didn't know the best way to to you know Point phrase. Yeah, I, I don't know. No. <laughs> to be honest, when when you, when it's cold and I've got gloves on, it's it's quite an intricate extraction process to go and have a go to the <laughs> toilet. You know, it's kind of like do I take my glove off if I do? It's yeah, you know, if I touch it, whatever. Anyway, um, so that that's that. And I, from what I understand, the, the new Stacey West development, we've said it before, will include the addition of an, uh, another water pipe coming into the ground, which should hopefully improve um, the the water feed. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, 
Would would it help if I told you that it was Sam Kendall asked that question to to gauge how serious she was being? Yeah, I know it was. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to answer the facetious questions because some people actually won't get. The, yeah, um, I was going to say it, it is a bit of a cover version of Liam Scully's Greatest Hits, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, people don't celebrate in front of the Solanity Stand because there's very little life in there. Uh, <laughs> the thing. That I try to... <laughs> yeah, wow. It's hard to um, to get the Solenity stand excited about anything. No, that that's that's. I have no idea why they don't. I I would imagine it's because to celebrate in front of the Solenity stand, you would technically be celebrating in front of the dugouts. And um, you know, yeah, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you want to be going where the crowd are, where you can go right up to the crowd and kind of go, oh, I scored a goal, and they could all go, yes, you did, you beautiful bastard. <laughs> uh, and you don't get that, unfortunately, at the Solenity stand. You go, I scored a goal, and they'll all go, jolly good. Uh, that was very good. Um, and why don't we leave people up for corners? I know that people laugh at this, but I'd like to see someone. Do you know what I mean? Like Cohen Bramwell, for instance, he's pacey. <laughs> we, we, I think we can ascertain that heading defensively isn't his strong point. Um, mm. So, <laughs> so you know, why not? Why not leave someone yeah. like Cohen up there? And then if you do get the ball, but the thing is, you see, we don't play the big boot, do we? So if we win the ball at a corner, we want to, um, a little bit like me going to the toilet at half time, gently extract <laughs> rather than lap out. Um, so probably that's why. I hope I hope that that helps. I, I don't think they're the answers that you would have got in the fans forum. Um, certainly not the similarities with my uh, urination process. There we go. Um, right. So um, Dan asks, what striker would you like to see come to Lincoln, either on loan or on a permanent deal? Harry Kane. Yeah, that was my answer as well. <laughs> just thought money's no object. Actually, um, he's not the one I'd pick. I just said Harry Kane because he was the first one that came into my mind. Okay. Tyler Walker. Tyler, Tyler Walker. Walker. I mean, in a, in a relatively sensible answer, that was also my pick. Um you know, apparently there are there are rumblings, but you know, I've seen them all, all over Twitter. But who knows what's happening? Um, it'd be nice to see him come back. Ten years ago, about Michael Bridges. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just um, just maybe not James Norwood. Um, well, again, I I can't see my Clapperton signing uh, a James signing James Norwood, but no. if he did come in. You know, play people. People might then get the fact that you don't just look at Wikipedia. See, he's got a lot of goals. Let's bring him in. Yeah, so I don't yeah, think yeah. he'd suit. But at the same time, anything would be better now. If we if he brought James Norwood in, at least it'd be a crowd pleaser. Um, but for me, you look at Walker. Walker has everything I think you need. You know, he already knows the club. He already knows the manager. He'll be match fit because he's been playing for Coventry, but not regularly enough that they're going to um, be trying to sell him. I think it would have to be a loan deal to get him back interested kind of you know what i mean back and firing yeah, it just depends yeah if they're in a position where they're going to sign players i actually think these cancellations could be very very bad uh these game cancellations could be bad for us in terms of recruitment because teams are going to be less likely to bring in and therefore less likely to move on if they don't actually know where the games are going to go ahead behind closed doors or what the crack is so um yeah i think having games cancelled makes somebody like tyler walker or somebody you know, of that ilk, less likely to move. We are more likely to sign a Morgan Whitaker or a Liam Cullen, who mm. you know, Swansea don't need to replace those players, so they'll loan them out to try and get the regular football. No, fair. Um, 
Uh, Pete asks, if a player has to isolate due to close contact with a positive colleague because they're unvaccinated, should clubs, not specifically Lincoln, but any club, be allowed to find them as they've effectively made themselves unavailable? <laughs> That's a good question. He's deliberately laying a tripwire here to cause controversy. And, yep. and you've said Pete, so I don't specifically know. I mean, Pete is quite a common name around the UK. Um, <laughs> but judging by the question... I'm going to hazard a guess uh, that it's Pete, my friend, Summers. It is Pete, your friend, Summers. <laughs> because that is exactly the sort of question where he will ask that, knowing that whatever the answer is, is going to be controversial. And I know you like, uh, you have no fear uh, with, with pissing people off. So I'll let you take that one first. I mean, it's a it's a good question. Um, and I don't think I would disagree with a club that did that. And that's where I'm going to leave that. I think you get onto very dodgy ground when there is something like vaccinations and not mandatory, but then you start punishing people for not having them, which is essentially what this is. I think you're on dodgy ground with that. Do I think morally uh, there's an issue? Maybe, maybe, but the vaccinations are not mandatory. If something's not mandatory for me, then fining people for not doing it. It's it's a tough area. You go back to the Spanish flu years and years ago, um, like 1911. Andy Pearson might remember that. We won't. (laughs) Andy might remember that. Um, no, they'd, wait, he would have had to. He would have had to put his emojis in uh, like quill and ink at that point. Well, yeah, yeah, no, he's fine because he would have put like the Spanish flag and then a bird um, flying <laughs> Spanish flu, and then he would have put the little germ emoji as well. But he would have to have drawn them probably on the in, in the side of a cave, you know, with flint on the side of a wall. Um, but then you couldn't colour the Spanish flag in. Mm, problems. Uh, that's why Andy <laughs> is best living in this era rather than the nineteen hundreds. Early 1900s. Uh, now, you, when you go back to that, you know, people got vaccinated, everyone got vaccinated because if you didn't, you got Spanish flu and you died. Whereas we live in an era now where people have choice, so they will happily um, smoke fags or eat 11 secret herbs and spices on their KFC uh, without worry. But you know, as soon as somebody goes, we'll jab you to make you better. Are you really making me better or are you actually making me worse? So, but it's a worry and i think it's a it's the sort of question that with the wrong answer causes division and i don't think that there's a right and wrong answer unless you're extreme you know vax 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 the government are great or you're extreme don't vax everyone's out to get you on the middle ground for me i'm not so sure yeah i mean i I wouldn't like i say i wouldn't um i wouldn't disagree if a club did it but at the same time i wouldn't necessarily um you know, argue to get it enforced. It's uh, I, it's one I, that I'm I'm firmly sitting on the fence for. I would disagree if a club find an unvaccinated player claiming that it was their own fault that they had to isolate. I I think there's a fundamental rights issue there. I think it's different when you're talking about the NHS working with frontline staff, and you know if you're working with people and you're not vaccinated. There, I think it, it's a little clearer. But this isn't the NHS. This is footballers. Um, it's up to everybody whether they get the vaccine or not. I've had it. I haven't had my booster yet. Uh, I will do. Um, but obviously I haven't had it as yet for, for reasons. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, there's a, yeah, we'll leave that there. I think. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, so thanks, Pete, for being a dick. Um, that's how I start nearly every conversation with him. I think. <laughs> uh, David Parker asks, "Are you worried Cornell's pod will soon have more listeners than yours?" No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have you seen his subscribers list? He's up to like two hundred. Again, I have to keep asking Ash because Ash sends me Cornell's stuff all the time, and like, I've been listening to Lincoln's Premier podcast and stuff like that. And I, can't, I put two hundred and fifty-six subscribers with a question mark, and Ash came back with two hundred and fifty-seven now. Um, and I just kind of thought, okay. Uh, but also, our podcast doesn't go out on YouTube, so technically, uh, Cornell's getting more subscribers than Jake. So there you go, Jake. That's a challenge for you. <laughs> there you go. Um, right, where are the last questions? Uh, Andy Helson says, the Imps currently 251 to get promoted this season with our promised new arrivals in the new year. Is it worth a couple of quid? Was it worth putting a couple of quid on Leicester to win the Premier League in 2015? 2016? Yeah. Fair one. I, I, at the end of the day, when you look at the table... And you look at the fixtures. I mean, it is still quite tight. It's quite tight. And I haven't seen a team, bar Rotherham, who were that much better than us without it being our own doing. Portsmouth mm. were better than us because we were utterly abysmal. Mm. Rotherham were better than us because they were very, very good. And bear in mind, they didn't beat us. I've not seen another team outplay us because they're better than us. And I think that we should take heart from that. And the teams actually that I think are going to be strong in the second half of the season uh, are the team teams like Charlton, who have already been beaten at Sinsel Bank. I think we'll go to, to their ground and get a good thumping. I think Rotherham will be very good in the second half of the season. But teams like Plymouth, who were leading the way early, not that much better than us. We got a point. Wickham, we, we could have done Wickham if we hadn't handed them a goal early doors. Mm. Um, yeah, well, put a couple of quid on it. I'm not saying we're going to get promoted because that would be utterly ridiculous. But I tell you something: at 250 quid, 250 to one, they're silly, silly odds. Mm. When you when we're not what I, I don't know how many games we've played yet. But I don't think we're halfway through the season. No, we're not. It's, it's yeah. I, I mean, what? worst worst case, you lose a couple of quid. There you go. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, last three now. So we've got uh, one from Valerie, which I'm. Reluctant to read out. Read it out. How will Ben cope with both the Man United game and Lincoln game postponed on the same day? Well, he's recorded a podcast with me and I've said nice things to him, so I've tried to make it better for him. I told him he was right earlier, Val. I know that um, you, you you were listening. Well, you must have been if you got to this point. You don't start in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> um, so I've I tried to make it nice and cope. And failing now, as I understand it, he's got a little little scrapbook of pictures of Harry Toffolo, um, which are going to make it uh, nice, much, much better for him. So it'd be good. Uh, are we done? And the worst, and yeah, and and if it gets real push comes to shove, the office door gets shut, the on air light comes on, and he visits some of those specialist websites he likes. HarryToffolo.com. Last pictures with Ben. Are we done? I think so. Uh, also, Val is obviously. We seem to be wishing a lot of people well on the podcast, but Val um, has had quite a lot of of, of treatment etc as well recently i'm not i don't like to go into people's bits and bobs all the time but um, i hope she's on the the mend as well she's a lovely woman val proofread my book uh, the one that hasn't got isn't littered with grammatical errors Uh, she proofread that so the only one of my books that yeah that that an english teacher wouldn't pick up and go oh jesus christ i'm pleased i never taught him uh that's val that did that nobody else 
Yeah, no, no, absolutely. You're all the best, Val. I uh, hope, you, hope you're feeling well soon. Um, despite, you know, you taking the piss. It's all good. All, all good. Um, right. Um, and Pete Steele asks, um, where is Ben buying his lunch this weekend as there's no curry jacks? Um, well, I don't know, but I am traveling down to pick my, uh, my, my grandma up for Christmas or my nana up for Christmas. So um, it will probably be a drive through of some greasy burger somewhere. You do, you do realize that if you pull in at those places, they have more healthy options like Waitrose foods or something like that. So you could go in and get a, a salad wrap. You don't have to go for the greasy option. Also, I'm told that's what Fee says every time I go, <laughs> go to McDonald's. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I, you mentioned the uh, the secret eleven herbs and spices. I think yeah, that sounds like a decent option to me. Yeah, you know what a KFC opened in Louth in September, and I've had one. That was it. Wow, apparently there's a there's a new one in uh, Highcombe as well. Um, yeah, that's right, from from what I saw on uh, Mr Mulhall's Twitter. Yeah, I saw that as well. So one of the uh, few people I haven't muted. <laughs> <laughs> My Twitter is more or less politics for all. Jack Hall and Lincoln City uh, Football Club, I think, these days. And Ben, obviously. obviously I was going to say, not even me. The, obviously Ben. Yeah, yeah. M- me, like five minutes before we do the recording and <laughs> yes. five minutes after it, <laughs> just, I'm muted just, again. Just unmute you while we record, just as I see. So what's Ben? But, oh, that's not good, I don't <laughs> Um, and I think nice one to wrap it up. Uh, Johnny Benton asks, which goal is the best we've ever scored? Interpret best in whatever way you feel. Mine is that free kick against Torquay in the promotion season. Um, that's a very good shout. I just, yeah, cracking game that was and a, a really, really good way to win it. Um, I mean, my answer never changes. Um, it's the top goal I've ever seen at Central Bank is Paul Mayo's against Gunthorpe in the playoffs. I, I still to this day do not know how he managed to turn and hit that goal um, in the way that he did. But, you know, the, there are other ones that are up there. Lee Thorpe's against Brighton in 97. You're going to give um, me a chance to answer or are you just going to roll them all off first? Well, you know, I'm just doing what you do. Yeah, no, you crack on. You, you go through <laughs> every goal we've ever scored, then I'll try <laughs> in at the end. Go on, Gary. Nathan Arnold, Ipswich. Yeah, that, that, that is, that is up there. Magical, magical night, and uh, Terry Hawkridge, Macclesfield, uh, the second one, purely because yeah, that was. I think we knew that we were going back into the football league at that point, but I remember all that season thinking, what would it be like if we were a proper football club again? Yeah, you know, do you know what I mean like what what would it be like if we didn't have to play um, Nantwich Town or wherever we played in it? Was it Nantwich we played in the FA Trophy? Did we win three one at Nantwich? We were meant to play Shaw Lane, weren't we? And it something happened. Mm. And I just all that season, it was just like, we might actually be a football league team again. And for that goal to go in, I'm, getting, I'm actually getting goosebumps at the minute. I think it's because Feetin turned the heat off before she went out. But, um, yeah, that was a, a goal. And if if I'm if we're not talking about the modern era, and by that I mean kind of 2011 onwards, because you were talking about Thorpe at Brighton and all that sort of thing, I think the one that sticks in my mind more than anything is yayo talkie yeah they're the goals that mean something aren't they and, yeah. and you talk about technically technical goals um and and 
truly great goals, but there's a difference between scoring a truly great goal, which is the fourth in a 6-2 win against Forest Green in the FA Cup when you get knocked out the next round, or you can talk about goals that stick in your mind because it's not about how the ball's delivered into the back of the net, it's when it is and and, and what it means for you. Um, And I think it's the latter where the goals stick in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's the thing, like for me, the Mayo goal is, it's just a ridiculous goal. Like that's the one where someone says, oh, what's the best goal you've ever seen? I think that's a technical goal for me. Like, you know, that, that moment when you go, how has he done that? Um, but everything else you've mentioned absolutely is up there. Um, you know, Nathan Arnold's goal against Ipswich is, is there for, for obvious reasons for me. And it's, um, yeah, great one. Um, a couple of other replies to that. Um, uh, Chris Keneally says uh, that his was probably Bruno against Everton. Yeah, we'll go with that. Just because that was an absolute rocket. Um, a thunder and- twat. <laughs> thunder bastard. Oh, that's it. Yeah, bastard, thunder bastard. <laughs> like attraction. I've got, I've got my swear word. Oh, I still love that. Did you see that? He's got a foot like a traction engine. <laughs> Two whacks. That, you know, that was the World Cup. World Cup 1994 when Alan Partridge was doing that. Eat oh, my gold. <laughs> And then two um, years later, Claps Shut Lung released a song actually called Eat My Goal. Eat My Goal, yeah. And people, by then it was like, oh, this is quite trendy. Whereas actually it was, uh, I think it was the, the show was called The Day Today, I think it was. Yes. Eat My Goal. <laughs> um, and then Pete said that his was uh, Nathan Arnold at Gateshead, which again, great goal, caused me to break a light bulb. Um, so that's it. That's all the questions. Um Hopefully we will be back next week. Do we want to? We're going to do a quick talk about XG. You're going to cut that out. I mean, you can do a quick talk about XG if you want. But the only thing I was going to mention was we talked about. Um, I've, I've been writing a lot about Brentford this week and, and players underperforming and overperforming XG, and people are saying, you know, like this player's not done well and that player's not done well. Uh, and I was just comparing. Actually, it's quite right. There are a few players who have massively underperformed XG, um, so should have scored more goals than they. They have, and and the ones that really jump out, I just wanted to run through. And this isn't saying they're bad players. What I'm saying is these are extra goals that we would have were these players performing to the level that you would expect. Um, Anthony Scully is, as always, overperforming. So he scored eight goals, whereas he's actually had chances in terms of XG, a made-up statistic, uh, allegedly, for 7.5. But Hagib Adelikan scored two, should, according to XG, have had four. Dannon Lundlew scored one, should, according to XG, have had 3.73. And bear in mind, this doesn't include FA Cup games. This is uh, just all the other Cup games because why scout don't do FA Cup. Ted Bishop scored two, should have had 2.68. Regan Paul scored one, should have had 2.02. Luis Fiorini is outperforming his XG. Um, Last Sorensen, XG of 1.7, only scored one. Maguire, XG of 1.34, only scored one. Um, so actually Tom Hopper and Conor McGrandles are both, you know, McGrandles scored two and should only have scored 0.92. So actually, um, again, with it, and it only serves to underline the fact that you know, we're not deadly enough in front of goal and we should have scored another six or seven goals. But it all ties in with the fact that we're creating the chances. And the point I wanted to make was you, you listen to the, the the Brentford recruitment model and you listen to the Brentford management model. And what they do is if they lose three or four games, they look at the figures and they'll say, uh, well, the XG data and whatever you think of it says that actually we, sh- we should have scored more goals in that game than we did. Um, so we're not going to be angry with the manager for that because the process is right. And they use it when assessing whether to sell players as well. So they bought Scott Hogan. 
for £500,000 uh, a few years ago. And Scott Hogan had a great season. I think he scored 20-odd goals. But actually, his XG data only suggested that he should have scored 14 goals or something like that. So what, what he suggested to them was he was outperforming his ability because you sh- do you know does that make sense to you yeah yeah so they actually took the decision to sell him for 12 million because they thought next season if he actually performs to his xg his his value is going to go down and and you can have one great season you can have one season that stands out like Paul Mullin last year at Cambridge where you know you, you define all expectation Colby Bishop is another at Morecambe this year Bishop everything he touches goes in yeah absolutely everything he's like he's like that Midas everything he touches turns to gold but he's never been that up to this point in the season. And I don't think that he will be afterwards. It's why a lot of players move on because you can have a purple patch as a team. You can have a purple patch, but genuinely XG data over a long, long period of time, over a couple of years time doesn't lie. Plymouth a couple of years ago, very, very low XG finished just outside the playoffs. And this is, I think it was the year we were, we might've been the year we won the, uh, com, uh, National League might have been the year after that I can't remember it was when they had Graham Carey uh, playing for them and, and and lots of people saying they're doing really well and actually I, I first got led to XG because of this it was on the football uh, the um, not the top 20 pod and George Ellick on there great great lad love love George Ellick talks an awful lot of sense and he said Portsmouth's XG data suggests that they shouldn't be where they are and they will struggle next season. It's like, oh, no, they will struggle next season. They've got all these creative players, blah, 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 relegated at the end of the next season because they didn't have the data to back up what they were doing. And I want Lincoln City fans just to realise we do have the data. So the fact I'm telling you that Hakeem should have scored four and scored two, or Dan and Lundlew should, 3.73, so should have scored four and has got one, right? You might look at that and say, well, they're not good enough. But you might also look at it and go, well, actually, they're doing better they're not doing as well as they should be, but we're getting in the positions, we're creating the chances. So this is where I believe you could look at XG data as whether you think it's it's crap or not, because it's, it's not. But and even if you think that, there is plenty of evidence to me that whatever happens over the next three or four weeks, Lincoln City will retain their League One status uh, and with better recruitment and more favourable recruitment. I still think that we are a potential top half league one side. And I think that that data backs me up. Yeah, fair enough. Um, you know how you say you always look at your phone when I'm talking? Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but the, um, thing is, the thing is, um, you could have learned something useful there and you've missed that opportunity. I was, I was listening, Gary. You missed the, no, 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 you weren't. You'd be facetious now. You've missed a learning opportunity. <laughs> yeah, because you could have repeated that more or less word for word to somebody else who doesn't listen to the pod and sounded knowledgeable. But now why, 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 why do you, why, why all you, why do you, you started this? You started this. <laughs> Don't. I, I, I didn't go to you and then go. Did you get that, Ben? You, you can use that if you want. But you know, you started it, so. Yeah. Why do you hate me when I show you nothing but love? Uh, you don't. I would say you've bitten off more you could more than you can chew, but I've seen you eat. You know, you can chew a lot. <laughs> That's harsh. <laughs> why is it? <laughs> I've seen you put a foot long in your mouth. Oh, God, no, no, wait a minute. That's going back to your Toffolo website. You know what? What? I'm I'm glad your dad bought you the same Christmas present that I did, because I can take (laughs) it back without feeling bad now. I feel bad because I hadn't planned to get you anything. (laughs) When you said that to me, and I'm like, shit. It's all right. What do I buy, Ben? It's all right. Food vouchers? Yeah, get me a curry jacks out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Season pass with curry jacks. 
Um, but no, uh, so next week um, we will be back. Uh, do we want to... Back again. Do we want to talk about next week? Yeah, why not? Because hopefully it's going to... Hopefully, if Bojo doesn't screw it all up. Yeah, so this is all uh, this is all COVID dependent. Um, but next week... Uh, we'll have a special podcast episode. Um, obviously, Clive is back in the country and um, Harvey, the American investor, is over. Um, and we've, uh, you know, we've, we've managed to, to have a chat and we will have a special podcast next week um, where we will talk to Liam, we'll talk to Clive and we'll talk to Harvey about all things Lincoln City. Um, and hopefully nothing screws it up. Yeah, we'd hope not. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to that. It should be good. Um, I bumped into Clive in and uh, Cheltenham as well, and he was, um, you know, he's just Clive, just standing around, you know, standing with with all the fans in the stands, just cracking, you know, cracking to have him back in the country, and uh, hopefully he'll uh, he'll be able to shed a bit of light on on how he's seen the season go um, since he's been, you know, stuck in South Africa with uh, with no way of getting back. So. Should be a very interesting conversation. If there is anything that you particularly want to uh, hear, let us know. Um, we have some questions, um, but you know, if anything, if if we get the same sort of question repeatedly, then we might be able to, or an interesting question, you might be able to ask that and uh, hopefully get a bit more info. So, um, yeah, exciting times, isn't it, guys? Thrilling. <laughs> it's going to be great. And I didn't mean that in a negative way towards. Uh, podcast. I was actually just uh, using my FIFA app to do the bronze pack method to try and get my coins up a little bit. Uh, but I opened one and I've got Rumbalaku. I'm not really sure who he plays for, but I can only sell it for 200 coins. So, brilliant. Okay. Sorry, right. what were you saying? Cheeky bastard. Something about Harry Toffel, like that, was it? Or I can't remember. <laughs> oh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, I'm sure it has. Um, right. Well, we will see you. Uh, we'll see you next week. Um, hopefully, hopefully, we'll have a a Boxing Day episode as well. Um, which, well, we'll record it on Boxing Day. Hopefully, um, with folks that uh, that won the raffle. If that game does not go ahead, um, we will get in touch with the people and we'll, you know, we'll we'll figure out what we're going to do for the the rearrange fixture. Um, because yeah that's obviously going to be something that we need to think about and I've just thought about that so we will see you guys next week Um, take care and up the imps up the imps it's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow you've got your McNugget share boxes on the go your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.